Hello there and a very warm welcome to Racing Only Better. Barry Orr here standing in for Vanessa Royal, who's attending wonderfully wintry Wolverhampton, I think. So good luck to her today. We've got plenty of racing. We've got the showcase meeting for the return of Cheltenham. Looking forward to that, Daryl. I know you're chomping at the bit for Cheltenham's return. You're really glad to see the National Humpback. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait, Barry. This is what it's all about. This puts the the lead in the pencil, if you like. This is what it's all about for me. So, yeah, I'm really excited. Happy days. How's, how's your lead, Brendan, in your pencil? Well, I, um, I, 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 I've no physical issues that I know of, and I celebrate the diversity in our great game, so I, too, welcome the return of the jumps. Well, the diversity is what it's all about, isn't it, Kevin? Oh, all about it. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Di diverse, di diversity, variety. Yeah. Um. I, yeah. No. No. Look. We'll uh, still have a few. Still have a few. Um. Stings in the dying wasp. That in the shape of the the Futurity Trophy, the Chemical Futurity Trophy, as we now call it, and definitely not the previous name. Um. As well as the Breeders' Cup, Melbourne Cup, etc. So we we won't we won't die just yet, Bar. But um, that's the dying. We'll, uh, it, no, it's it's not it's not a dying thing with me. It's more of the the the. You know, the, the butterfly emerging from the cocoon, blah, blah, all that. Oh, lovely. So poetic, Kevin. We'll have to come back to you. Ch a change of form, a change of form. Beautiful. Let's kick on anyway. The first race we're going to talk about is the 115 in Cheltenham. It's the uh, William Hill Handicap Hurl. It's just over two miles. Haddock's the Zobo for Gary Moore is your favourite. A five to two guy in there, five to one, along with Red Rookie. Eight triple trade, and it's 10 bar. Darling, I'm going to start with you here. Four places each way punters on the Betfair Sportsbook. Haddock's the Zobo. He's a real front runner. He's a real keen sort. But Guy is the same. The second in for the Twisters at five to one. He's another one that likes to go forward. So as as TC says here, do we I think we know where the pace is going to be, do we? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, guy could uh, could cause a problem to the favourite Haddocks that's over up front. He does like shift out to his right, so switching back to a left-handed track just might cause him a few issues. Um, look, Haddocks de Zobo for me is the one that could potentially have ten pounds plus in his hand. Uh, he was left in the Arkle last year up until March the eighth. He was taken out of the Grand Annual, left in the Arkle, but he, he he got a knock and he was ruled out for the rest of the season. But this horse, you know, he, he trounced anything put in front of him last year. At Warwick, he was very impressive. Good time figure. Deep ground that day. Um, he seems to handle all ground. The slight concern, you mentioned it just then, would be the fact that he could be a bit fresh, could be a bit keen on this seasonal return. That would be a worry. Jamie Moore has said before that he's a little bit of a soft finisher over two miles. But, look, I I, I want to chance him. Um, Gary Moore was very, very aggressive with the campaigning of editor Dejit. This is a very similar type by the same sire, I think, actually. Um, and I expect him to be to be fully wound up for this, given he missed uh, the back end of last season. So, for me... I think uh, eleven or four plus. I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. There's a there's a couple of there's a couple of potential rivals in here. I think Triple Trade could be ahead of the handicapper, but is he really an out and out two miler? Not long till May was obviously uh, ran a good race in the Turners, finishing second to Stage Star, but he was very much benefited by his racing position that day in second. So for me, Haddock's De Zobo, I think he's well ahead of the handicapper. Hopefully, he can get the job done at first time of asking. Okay, Haddock's the oboe for the Moors for Daryl in the opener. Brendan, I see that um, Henry de Bromhead sending a few over on Saturday. Dancing on my own, Sean Ryan's horse at 12 to 1 at the moment on the Betfair Sportsbook. Like I said, four places there. Won a big two mile handicap in Aintree back in April. Um, he's an interesting contender, is he? Big price. 
certainly is, Barry. But again, I think you touched on this in, in your in your intro. Another one that likes to get on with it. This race is loaded with pace. So I was looking for 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 a hold up horse, and I thought I might chance Triple Trade at eight to one, who's on a hat trick, should be on a four timer, but for a most unfortunate one seat three runs back in in Kempton on um, penultimate start to beat a horse who'd won its previous three races. Last time out, it was a comfortable winner over that light and. Who went to the next time? He well have followed up with Abbott, but mistake at the last. Now, Triple Trade, as Daryl mentioned, probably ideally wants a bit further, and he is up in grade here, but he's a progressive horse. I think he's still well handicapped, and I'm hoping they go a million up front and he picks up the pieces. You could certainly see him running into the four at eight to one. Sorry, excuse me. Um, Kevin, what do yeah, you like? I, I should have stretched it out there. <laughs> uh, yeah not that tricky race um brendan mentions loads of pace um like you generally want to be up there um around this course distance from the ground is like this um i was side with red rookie but only narrowly um he I, I was glad to see him get the job done of warwick he he caught the eye a few times if you actually watch back the um the article from a year and a half ago you could spy red rookie coming into the race quite strongly at an absolute all Ireland price, and um, and he and he just came down at the last when running quite well, um, and he appealed as being well handicapped on that. Like I don't think he stays much further than two miles. That's something to note with him when you when you look at his form and his record when fresh overall is quite good. I know he was ultimately well beaten on his return last year, but I, I think the trip might have been as big an issue there as anything else. Um, otherwise, his record for fresh is quite good. And Emma Lavelle is blasting in winners for crack. She's having winners for crack. Um, so I suspect Red Rookie will be ready to go. I think he's still reasonably handicapped. And um, he'll be up there. Um, doesn't have to be forcing it. But uh, if he's in the, the second wave there, that'll do me. So Red Rookie will do. Okay, Red Rookie for Kev. Um, had it's the Zobo for Daryl. And Brendan's with Triple Trade. Okay, on to the second race we're going to talk about. It's the 150, the Masterson's holding her. It's the dead eight to each way punters here. So be careful. But do remember, obviously, on the exchange, when you're betting in the, the three-place market, regardless if there's a non-runner, that holds to three places on the each way. Um, here, it's an interesting market, Daryl. Blue King Daru is 11 to eight favorite. It's two to one uh, spirit the, on on new uh, for Jamie and Gary Moore again. Is these fucking French breads, Barry. I know, they have my head <laughs> melted. Nine to one, Mr. McCoy. Um, Blue King Daru is an interesting horse because I had Nichols, he says in his blog, which you can read obviously exclusively on Betting Up Effer, had him tearing out his hair last year, was really fancied on his, 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 uh, his first appearance in England and he ran no sort of race. Um, they got him, they did a wind up on him mid uh, season last year. And it turned him inside out. He, he beat Affidil a 50 to 1 in Ascot that day. And then, you know, it was no fluke because he backed it up in the boys' race in Aintree, Daryl. 11 to 8, he's, he's well in in terms of how the handicapper rates them. Uh, he'd be difficult to beat, will he? Yeah, yeah, I definitely think he'll be difficult difficult to beat. He was he was quite highly touted coming over from France, probably because he bumped into a horse called Losange Bleu, who was a three-time subsequent winner and then bumped into St. Donats, the smart St. Donats in France in a grade three. Um, and then uh, the, the the horse that beat him, that um, Losange Blue, went and bumped into Gala Martial with Zarek the Brave back in fourth. So the form is definitely there from France. He, the, the, the form does tie in with uh, the Moore horse. I won't say it. You said it eloquently there. Um, but th there's not too much between him. I think Blue King Daru should just come out on top here. Uh 
it's it, I think the market's got this bang on bad to be honest. Um, so I probably wouldn't be having a bet in this race, but I expect Blue King Daru to get the job done. Yeah, I thought the same. If it was a handicap, Kevin, he'd be giving him nine pounds. Can you see past the favorite here? Um, no, look, he looks the one to be. Look, look, we know um, it was well commented on last year, last season, I should say, that the British trained um, juvenile herders were like a pretty woeful bunch. And uh, the one thing you'd say for the big two here is that they were kind of out of the fire in terms of uh, being in amongst those, that, that crop in terms of contest- contesting graded races, etc. They came slightly different routes, um, more so in handicaps. And um, look, I, look, I think he's the one. Look, I think that form and entry reads very well. Um, the figures are what they are here. He looks well in at the weights. A little bit surprised that an Irish horse didn't take their chance in this. They, um, they might have taken a fair bit of whack, and it's a race the Irish have done well in over the years. Um, but I think Paul Nichols might have the key with Blue King Daru. Yeah, do you see anything, Brendan, a bit of each way value potentially if the, the, the eight standard grant? I found it hard to get away from the fab like the lads. It's just it's a fascinating race from a layer's point of view because he's a levitate and he must have one of the most interesting profiles in in, in racing. As as you mentioned, pitched into a, a grade two. Obviously, they th- think he's their triumph hurdle horse. Blows out, then gets beaten fifty lengths in Taunton. Okay, standard Nichols will give it a wind up. What's the worst that can happen? But they obviously didn't see it at home because he's not off 50 to 1. Chins a stable, mate. But then, as you mentioned again, backed up really well in a race at the Entry Festival that traditionally you have to be well handicapped to run well in. So I'm inclined to believe they have got the secret to him, in which case he, he should be winning. But it'd be just interesting to see how he goes in the market. Who won this race nine years ago? Who oh. won it? Tiger Roll. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <shame>. Okay, <laughs> I I think I put him up uh, on, a, on a previous podcast at the time for the champion hurdle that season at twenty five to one, thinking I was being smart. Um, ended up looking like an absolute idiot, but it didn't turn out too bad in the end. Though Tiger Row, <laughs> yeah, that that is a bit of after time in there, Kev, but it's not as massive a piece. Of it's not. It, it, no, it's, 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 it's reverse after time, and it's. I, I'm always keen to to remind people when I put up awful shouts or have bad beats or that it's it's much more endearing than after timing actual winners. Okay, on to the third race. We're going to talk about the 225. It's the William Hill Handicap Chase over three mile one. Quick draw, your favorite, a four to one, the horse that won in Ludlow. He got eight pounds for that. Now he's racing off 134 here. Twig is in there at 11 to two. Lord Accord uh, won this last season, is a six to one chance. And Wacker Clan is one that um, Henry de Bromhead brings over at 14 to Wolf. One. We've also got the Wolf, who was second to um, Lord Accord in this last season for Ollie Murphy. He's a 14 to 1 chance. Four places to each way. Punters here, Kev. I'm going to stick with you. What are you liking? Um, like I, I'd be thinking last year's race could be could be an interesting guide. Um, you know, Lord Accord and, and the Wolf. They finished the they finished one two and um the two of them have, have eased back down the weight since. But like Lord Accord, like won very well. You know, has the the run style that you'd like for this race. You know, the ground. Um, we should mention the ground. Like it's going to be pretty close to good, I'd say. There, um, any any prospect of rain seems to have disappeared, and um, that that's just what you want to be up there when the ground's right like that around this track. And um, I thought he looked pretty solid. There's some interesting ones against him now, but um, uh, you, you can imagine very similar prep to last year. You know, spin over hurdles. You know, ran to a broadly similar level as as he did last year. So I wouldn't be surprised if Neil Mulholland had the old red marker out many months ago and put a big put a big red circle around this race. 
Um, so lower the card for me. Um, am I right? It's interesting. I'll just give him a quick mention uh, for Henry de Bromhead. He went that fab for the Irish national um, and he wouldn't have had the most obvious of profiles. So he is clearly thought to be better than his mark and he's interesting. But I just wonder, would this be, would this be the big day or will they have an eye on something else? Um, I'd be watching him closely, but um, the main business is Lord Accord. Yeah, so Brendan, plenty of uh, plenty of representation here from from Ireland, with the mm. likes of Mister Fog Patches and Wacker Clamble. Quick draw at the head of the market at four to one. Yes, a very competitive race, four to one. The field. I was like Kevin. I was with uh, Lord Accord because uh, one of the most uh, famous tautologies in the sporting lexicon is deja vu all over again, and, and we have that here. Uh, prep run in Worcester. You could argue that th this year's prep run was slightly below the form of last year, but when it comes to a prep run, I wouldn't read a massive into it. He, he was running on at the end over an inadequate trip. Looked good. He's only one pound higher than last year, four pounds lower than when putting up a commendable effort behind Fr Froden and the Badger Bear Chase last year. Uh, this is clearly his time of year. He's only an eight year old. There's no reason he should be regressive. Must go close. Interesting. Okay. Well, Daryl, you all went for Blue King Daru in the previous race. So that's the treble up there. Are we getting a treble up here with Lord Accord? Yeah, absolutely. I was on the rail last year when he ran in the in the badge of beer and geez, he would have won that if he went to walk through the last. Um and him and Frodon pulled miles, miles clear. Look, the important thing to this horse is, is good ground and the drying conditions are definitely going to be in his favour. He was such a good winner of this race last year, as the lads mentioned. The time figure of that race was excellent. And like I don't know what happened to him after. His form does seem to tail off a little bit when it comes to the spring. I was very keen to take on this quick draw. We won by 21 lengths at Ludlow. That the form of that race is very, very suspect. Uh, the runner-up Volcano has been beaten something like 39, 46, and 73 lengths on his reappearance in the last three years. I thought Lord Accord tips all the boxes. Um, am I right? Kev gave him a good mention. I'm keeping a close eye on him as well. If you want one at a bit of a bigger price, that's probably going to run into the frame. That's Kindo uh Kinundo Cueto, who never seems to run a bad race at a double-figure price. He could go well, but I thought this was surely been a target for Lord Accord. Oh, come on, Daryl. You, rem you reminded me. I had in my mind to have a dig at um, uh, 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 back at that Badger beer handicap last year when Frodon benefited from one of those magically generous handicap drops that, that we talked about yeah. a lot last season. Mm -hmm. The poor old Lord Accord was the victim. <laughs> <laughs> he would have absolutely hosed though, I think, if he'd have jumped the last. It's yeah, all never, about never, 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 miss, never miss an opportunity, Darren. Never miss an opportunity. How have come these on, digs come on, Kevin, down, down about, six pounds? Unbelievable. It's, it's all about frauds. Great for the game. Great for the game. Think of the bigger <laughs> picture. He's got. He's going. He's going to the schools now, meeting kids with Brian and all. Yes. He's, in fairness, they they, they they gave to him, and now he's giving back. Before before Frodon ran in that badger beer, I spoke to Paul Nichols in the parade ring, and he said to me, "He's got no chance. He's not the form. Not the force of old." Uh, Nicholas oh. playing the game the old devil that's probably what he said to the handicapper <laughs> he said the same thing about Blue King to the day he won in Aint or in As Ascot he says to me I'll tell you one horse cannot win it's that oh, you're joking oh, and geez. I can say that publicly because he did say it on Ditch Heat Dex yeah Ditch Heat Dex so there's four places in that race anyway the each way punters onto the three o'clock where there's five places it's the we love these all season long yes the first of many we just this is manna from heaven for for Kevin Blake the per temps it's a qualifier for the final at the festival in March Hugo's new horse won five times last year is your six to one favorite Bugs Morn is 13 to two the same prize as we'll have one 
Um, Highland is in there at nine to one. Being some money for Dumbrovnik Harry, who six uh, was sixteen to one, is into eleven to one, and Spike Jones is twelve from twenty. Uh, like I said, Daryl, five places each way punters here. Have you got an opinion? Yeah, I think you could do worse than but uh, Bugs Moore in each way. Oh. I mean, yeah, well, oh. well, I was just going to say that I think I, I, I don't know how true this is, but I was told that his owners are perhaps in America and he's just looking to qualify and uh, be put away until March. So I don't know how, how true that is, but perhaps look at the place only market uh, for, for him. But I was going to make a case for party business for Ian Williams. Um, this horse, I, I think he had an issue last year. We weren't, didn't see him um, after Haydock in 2022 until the following year in February, run, run at Sandown. He ran in two attempts qualifiers. Uh, it was like they were desperate to try and qualify him for, for perhaps a day out at Cheltenham. It didn't quite work. Um, he was he was not himself at all, but it was a lot more promise on his penultimate start before his latest wind surgery at the end of the last season uh, behind Williston. Uh, he was running on at the death. Now, this horse, you go back to uh, 2022 at the Cheltenham Festival, he was he was beaten six lengths by Banbridge in the uh, the Martin Pipe, and he absolutely steamed home that day, looking like a very well-handicapped horse of a mark of 132. He, he won at Aintree following that, but he never looked like the winner until he crossed the bloody line. I backed him that day, and I thought I'd done with money in the, after the first two hurdles, but, it, but he came home very, very strongly, went off favour at Haydock for, for a deeper race of 141. I think he's well-handicapped. I think he's just coming back, uh, and I think they'll be desperate to to get him qualified for the for the final in March. So an each way player, double figure price on that on party business would do me. Party business. Okay. Would have mentioned to Bugs Moran if they're American owners. Brendan, this is a race that you particularly like throughout the season. I'm looking forward to chatting with you about them. Uh the per temps uh have you a strong opinion in this one, this renewal? Um, I do. I, I'm not going to let Dubrovnik Harry go off at a double figure price. Now I am going to back him win only, despite the generous uh, five places. We're very interested in horse this, and he lurks on a seriously dangerous mark at 125. A very, very promising novice hurdler. I mean, the, the, the first time he ever ran um, in Exeter, I, I think he should have won. He was completely clueless. He still has, has plenty to learn. He's only had seven career starts, but then he he made amends next time up when he won by 20 lengths. He finished up his novice hurdle campaign, finishing third in in, in that uh, novice final at Sandown, which is traditionally a hot race, as you can imagine, with a lot of unexposed types. Uh, so he, he looked a uh, real scopey sort as well, ideal for chasing. So no surprise to see him in Exeter making his chase debut last November, but he jumped out to the right. He didn't jump particularly well. And whatever happened, they did they decided to shelve chasing and go back hurdling. And he went off 15 to two on a Lanzarote. They, I think they know they have a well handicapped horse. Anyway, he ran abysmally there. He didn't jump very well. Again, he ran a bit better in Chepstow in one of these uh, per temps qualifiers. Probably would have been fourth, but for a couple of late mistakes. But it, it, it was slightly more promising. And I, I, I just feel like there's a lot of issues with the horse. He's already had a wind up. He can make mistakes. He's inclined to pull. But for all that, of 125, yeah, no, I know there are reasons not to back him. But remember, he's a double-figure price. And I'm fairly confident if he puts it all together, he has a stone in hand. And Fry, Fry is a Goldilocks trainer. He'll have all his ducks in a row for this uh, <laughs> race on Saturday. And if the horse puts it together, I think he's definitely well handicapped. But given all the issues I mentioned, it would be a win-only project for me. 
Okay, well, Goldilocks is one of Kevin Blake's sayings that seems to have entered the lexicon of racing uh, vernacular now. Well done there, Kevin. Uh, Kevin, yeah. I hope I'm not putting you on the spot, but they changed the conditions of, of this last year, didn't they? Is it the top three that go through? or Top four used to be top, top six, and, and they've moved some of the dates around. In, in what is clearly, Barry, a blatant act of British protectionism to try and keep the Irish from winning the final um, uh, as they often do, and despite their efforts, Bar, there was still an Irish one-two in the final last year. So that was one for the bad guys. Um, so that was fantastic. <laughs> that was that was fantastic. And speaking of bad guys, Bar, I have to go with Bugs Moore in here. Do you know who Bugs Moore was? A gangster. He, he was. Uh, he was a pro. He, he was a prohibition uh, era gangster in Chicago. He used to. He was the fellow that was. He was the boss of the gang that was taking on um, Al Capone. And uh, a bunch of his associates got uh, got gunned down in the Valentine's Day massacre, but he managed to survive and live to a live to a decent age. But that was folks more. And uh, and there's some something beautifully uh, wonderful about a horse called Bugs Moore and potentially being plotted up for the pretemps. Um, and yeah, I, I, I like I I can see what Dara's saying. They might be safe off one three six. And um, like this is always the old tug of war that you have if you if you want to win the Pertemps final and you're around this type of rating. He would have got into most of the recent renewals of the Pertemps final uh, of one, three, six uh, recent top weights um, to list them off because that's how prepared I come, Barry. One, three, five, one, two, six, one, three, one, one, three, four, one, three, five, one, three, seven. So you have to go back five or six years where one, three, six wouldn't get you in. But I'd always take a safe rather than sorry approach. And he's race fit. He's in great form. Um, like his general profile is really appealing. He's been showing up really well in highly competitive races, missed a lot of time. Um, and, just, you know, back in 2022, he was showing up really well in hot races too. And he's just picked up where he's left off despite the absence. And look, I think he can go and win here, go up to the low 140s. And uh, then they can have a nice little rest and recuperation over the winter and have him cherry ripe for March. Um, so I like his chance. Um, look, it would, it would it be a shock if he kind of flew home and finished second or third? No, but um, I, I think I, if he's mine, I, I want to go and win and uh, put an exclamation mark on the qualification process bar. Bugs Moran for me. Okay, nice shout. Bugs Moran for Kevin Dubrovnik, Harry for um, Brendan and Party Business. For Daryl in the five places per temps qualifier. Okay, that's Cheltenham done with, guys. We're going to rock over to Doncaster where we're looking at two races. Obviously, it's grade one action. It's the Fiaturgy. Group, group one, Barry. Group one. We're not gone from the jump from the flat just yet. Sorry, excuse me, Kevin. Group one action <laughs> for the Fiaturgy trophy. Look, I didn't call it by its previous name. Ancient <laughs> Wisdom is your favourite of five to four. Daryl, he's been supplemented at a cost of 17 grand, 17 and a half grand by Godolphin. After he won the autumn stakes, it, Charlie Appleby very clearly said, we'll put him away now for the winter. He's a mile two. He'll definitely get a mile and a half in time. But lo and behold, he must have come out of that really, really well because they've supplemented him here. He's five to four favorite. Diego Vasquez, a little bit weak in the market. is eight to nine to four. Dancing Gemini, four to one chance at seven bar. You with her against the favorite, Daryl? I'm split between the top two in the market. To be honest, it's a bit of a coin toss for me. Uh, Ancient Wisdom is just one of these horses that sort of progressed with every single run, hasn't he? He looked really good at Newmarket last time. 
decent time, like lots to like that high knee action, getting stuck into that soft ground. He'll it, love it here, I think, uh, under these conditions. So he's very hard to knock. Uh, and Diego Valaquez very similar. So um, he's he's our brother, the Point Lonsdale, who just thrives in soft ground. So I don't see the ground being too much of an issue to him. He, he looks a, a strong stayer. I just couldn't find an angle bad to, to split him. So uh, I think the market's got it right. It's a coin toss for me, so. Yeah, so it's one to watch for you, Daryl, and bet yeah. responsibly. And and I like that call as well. It, it could it could definitely turn it into be a match between the two of them, Brendan. It's looking that way, you know, potentially in terms of the betting, but definitely the 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 betting seems to definitely be on the side of Agent Wisdom. Well, it, well, it, it's some betting. Uh, what is it uh, Kevin calls them? The talented and uh, handsome uh, Betfair Sportsbook odds compiler. <laughs> uh, they, 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 they have a big gap between the first two two in the market, whereas other firms at seven to four, two to one, they're more in Daryl's camp and have been a, a coin toss. I am with the Betfair odds compilers, I have to say. I mean, this ancient wisdom, uh, Kevin and Vanessa uh, mentioned uh, after the win in Newmarket, I mean, the horse moves like a Clydesdale. You know, you, you just have to... You, <laughs> <laughs> you just have to be of the opinion that he's going to absolutely plow, plow through this this soon. And now Diego Velasquez, as as Daryl mentioned, with with Broom and Point uh, Lonsdale, there are aspects of his pedigree that it will give you hope. But it's a question mark. I don't have any question mark over ancient wisdom in this ground. I, I think he's made for it. He has an experience edge over Diego Velasquez. So this is a rather long winded way of saying I think that the Betfair Sports book compilers have it right and perhaps the other firms uh, have them too close together in the betting okay but um kevin god's window's an interesting one for the gostons he won a course in distance maiden and straight into this with kieran schumacher taking the mountain in, in a group one race for the gostons yeah look at that just tough ask now tough ask um well-bred coach it's not, not the most john gosden thing you'd ever see to do um, some will take that as encouragement. Um, wouldn't be for me now. The very best to look to him, etc. Um, yeah, it I think this is a really interesting race. Hope it takes place. Um, there is a provision there to switch it to Newcastle if it gets kiboshed, uh, which we saw in was that in Camacos here, possibly. Camaco, yeah. Um, yeah, now adorns the, the the wonderful new race name, of course. Um, but look, hopefully it'll be okay. They're making positive noises. Um, as as Brendan mentions, ancient wisdom is what you'd call a chin banger. He's nearly hitting his chin with his knees. He's lifting them that high. Um, and you, he should be grand. Look, the the the, the quick backup slight concern. Um, you'll wonder, you'll wonder is Good Alphans um bit of a drought in Britain and Ireland. A factor here. They haven't had a Group One winner in Britain or Ireland since the lock-ins back in May. Um, mm. Modern Games, and look, they, they would have seen this as a as a potentially very good opportunity to um, to you know kibosh that particularly uncomfortable stat. Um, but look, he did have a bit of a mid-season freshen before the autumn stakes, which. You know, would encourage you that you know they're not squeezing a, a, a dry lemon at this stage. So, look, the very best to look. I could absolutely see it. Um, would personally be worried about the ground um, with Diego Velasquez um, looking at his action. Um, I, I'd be pretty concerned. Um, so that's making me wary of him. And I am siding Barry Orr with one outside the front too, and my old pal Dancing Gemini, um, son of Camelot, Roger Teal. Um, I like this horse. I've liked him a lot, Bar. Um, those that pay attention will recall that I was very sweet in him 
prior to the Flying Scotsman, Doncaster, he, he did a very um, strong performance on the clock when breaking his maiden at Newbury. He ran in the now fabled Pat Hedery Stakes at Ascot that has produced two Group 1 winners and um, I think four, four other stakes winners. Um, disappointing that day, but big on the clock at Newbury and even bigger on the clock at Doncaster last time. Really impressed with him. Good and strong late. Um, ground was soft on that occasion. And look, I, I, I honestly think this is a really good horse. And the price is right. We won't roll out cliches about if they're trained by someone else, etc. Um, Roger Teal has shown he can do it and compete in classics indeed with, uh, with Tip to Win a couple of years ago. And um, I think he's got a really good one. He thinks he has a really good one. He's been talking big about this horse from an early stage. And um, yeah, I might think he might upset the market leaders here. I think the step up to a mile is it will surely suit him really well, being by Camelot out of an Australian mare. And yeah, can't wait to see it. This is a horse I like. Excellent. So the Flying Scotsman's winner for Kevin, and it's the favourite for the two other boys. On to the last race, and the, the second and the last race we're going to talk about at Doncaster. It's the William Hill Prospect Stakes. It's a listed race over six furlongs for two-year-old Ballymount boy for classic winning trainer Aidan Keatley is your favourite at nine to four, just ahead of a squire at five to two. It's 11 to two, Al-Shabaab, Storm, and eight bar those three. Daryl, a squire is an interesting one. Just didn't seem to get home maybe last day over the seven furlongs, but Ballymount boy, there's very little between the two at the head of the market. Yeah, I'm not sure why. I thought Ballymount Boy should be a much shorter price than he is. Um, I, Squire did, did well behind Pura Sangre. He's gone out and boosted that form, but that was a slowly run race, I thought. I thought Pura Sangre was a bit below form. Um, the rest of it, I, like, I, couldn't, I couldn't, really, couldn't really get on board with it. I thought Ballymount Boy clearly had the, had, the, had the strongest form in a book with that Goodwood second in the... Uh, in the, was it the Richmond, was it? They have two, uh, Van Deek, um, on... on Acom. Oh, sorry, the Van Deek, oh. Van Deek, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, Richmond, yeah, yeah. Richmond. Under, under very similar conditions. They tried him over seven the next the next twice. I think he wants soft ground. I think he wants six furlongs. He's got the strongest form in the book. He's clear on ratings. I, I, I genuinely don't know why they're so close in the market. I thought he should be clear favourite for me. Okay, so Ballymount Boy for Daryl. Kevin, have you a strong opinion here? It's nine runners, so hopefully they all stand their ground. Yeah, I'm with Ballymount Boy as well. I've, I've kind of liked it from the get-go. Um, and I think the drop to six is going to suit. I think soft ground suits. Um, random anecdote. I happened, I bumped into Adrian Keatley not long after this race over at Longchamp and I, and I had to wheel him over and get him a drink. He was absolutely sick he, with the way the race had panned out. Um, basically, the, it just didn't go to plan. It was disastrous. Um, and when you watch it back, you can you can see what he's you can see what he's thinking and uh, referring to. So I think it, it's an easy race to forgive. And if you take that out, um, you know he should be a little bit shorter than he is. So um, the drop and triple suit, and I can see him bouncing back. Um, and again, r- r- slight sidetrack, bar you don't mind a slight one. Um, Al Shabab Storm. Um, is is a five or six to one shot for this. This will be an interesting test of the the judgment of the Bloodstock boys, Bar, because you could have rocked up to Tattersall's on Monday and bought this horse, but no one wanted him. His reserve was a hundred grand, and he did not make it. And if he goes and wins this race a few days later, he will be worth an awful lot more than a hundred grand. And there will be some red faced uh, agents knocking around the place. But if he um, fills his trousers and finishes out the back, they'll say, aren't we clever? Um, so that's an, an interesting side note to this. But uh, Valley Mount Boy will do for me. 
He's a dusty bin horse that would uh, form figures of three, two, one. That's for our older listeners out there. Um, <laughs> Brendan, have I come to you? Yeah, Brendan, we have a double treble so far. We've the trees on Blue King Daru and Lord mm. Accord. Are you going to make a Ballymount boy and we'll get the treble treble? Ah, I just didn't want to take a short price in, in, in these conditions. In, in, in it's what not that and, short, Brendan. It's not that, uh, it's not that short. Come on board. Come with me. He's a squire I, instead of five to two. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I thought I, I thought I might take a chance on that Mosswat, actually, who's um, who is an interesting horse because he must do nothing at home. He, he represents one of the biggest ramp outfits in racing, but was let go off 28 to one on his debut in Kenton. Ran perfectly well, finished third. And Back that up with a sneaky, impressive win in, in Yarmouth when he probably saw too much daylight out on the wing, but not a bother on him. He came through to be the previous winner, albeit getting away from him, but but very comfortably. was valued for a lot more than, than the winning margin. Handled soft ground that day. Now, that's no guarantee that he's going to handle heavy ground here. And he probably has a stone to find. But on a, just his third start, eight to one about that possibility occurring doesn't seem unreasonable odds to me. So I'll, I'll put up Moswat to uh, to ruin the treble hat-trick, if that's and, a thing. And to give Roger very <laughs> consecutive Group 1 winners uh, on consecutive Saturdays, that'll be good to see as well. Okay, uh, TC, one of TC's um, go-to trainers, it has to be said, Mr. Varian. Uh, we'll kick on to Newbury. I think this is going to be a Just one second, just can we pause it? I, I think the 320 in Doncaster is on uh, ITV, is that right? Am I, have I got that right? Yeah, no, that is that is right. Yeah, ah, uh-huh. yeah, I done that race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I like the th- forty to one shot in that. Oh, oh yes, come on. I go to Darrow first. So. <laughs> <laughs> so the last race we're going to talk about in Doncaster is the five furlong uh, flat handicap, which I completely omitted. But vintage claret is your claret is your favorite at the moment at four to one eleven to two desperate hero. Um, some money for Copper Knight, an old friend of the show, uh, a 14 to 1. The Riddler in there as well for Richard Fahey, a 40 to 1. Darrell, what are you liking? I like the Riddler at 40 to 1. <laughs> <laughs> I've just told you about this, but I hope I haven't built this up because it's not it's not a, a huge swing. But this horse, um, obviously, uh, won at Royal Ascot, didn't he, last June uh, in the Norfolk Stakes uh, two years ago. Sorry, not this year, last year. But uh, he's clearly had his problems, but the handicap has been very quick to relent on him in a very short space of time. He's dropped him £12, £15, if you count the, the, the jockey claim today. He's running off 95. He's back to five furlongs, having run over six. And God knows why they stuck him in at seven. Uh, over six and seven. He's, he's an out-and-out five furlong horse. His second start after a window. I thought there was a little bit of promise at York. Uh, he's just caught well out of his ground there, but I thought he ran much better than he had done the last twice. And I just thought it just gave me the impression he was edging towards a bit of form, perhaps. Um, he, he should love this ground. Like he should love this ground. If you look at his pedigree, he should love this ground. He's got a brazen bow, same same as Vadream. He's he's out of a Lope de Vega mare. Um, that run at York came after five months off the track. He's entitled to improve from that. Get the wind, uh, get the wind sorted, uh, just for fitness and the wind operation. He's he's a talented horse on his day. This is a big, big drop in class. So anything that he's been running against, Group Twos, Group Threes, Group Ones, Group Twos, the last few runs. For me, I just feel like he could be coming to the balls. Interesting that Richard Fire is persisting with this horse, and uh, I'm definitely happy to take a chance at forty okay. to one. In fact, I'm happy to take a chance at twenties and bigger, really. Okay, the rag of the field, the Riddler at 40 to 1 for Daryl, who did mark my card beforehand that he fancied that. Uh, Brendan, do you like anything in it? 
Well, I, I, I love this glorious angel. What a filly this is. So granted, she was an early two-year-old last year. But in 18 months, she's had 34 runs. 34 runs. I've never seen anything like it. And she hardly runs a bad race. She was beaten a short head by Vintage Clarets uh, last time out. Is a pound better off here. There's one is four to one, one is seven to one. I think you can make a case for her on value grounds. That was the first time she'd ever run on heavy ground, but just the warrior of the turf that she is, you could run her down the M50 and she'll just give her running. Now she has tended not to win off marks in the mid to high 80s. I'll, I'll grant you that, but she consistently runs well. She'll handle the ground. She looks sure to give her running as, as she does every time. I couldn't find. And he obviously well handicapped horses here. And I thought at seven to one, she was a knock in each way better. Okay. Thanks for that. Um, Kevin, what are you liking? Um, well, the two lads have tipped two of the three three-year-olds in the race. And I'm going to tip the other one. Um, Desperate Hero um, for the Shannons. Um, like nothing too clever or fancy about this now. He has been marching forward since they put cheek pieces on him. Um, ground isn't going to be a problem. Um, was pretty heavy at Nottingham last time when he won. And he just looks to be coming forward, career best needed. But, um, you know, as long as he can get out and be prominent, I think he's going to run a big one again. Um, the, he was beaten at York on his penultimate start, but, um, the game was out, the game was up, um, out of the stalls there. He uncharacteristically missed it. Um, so we want to see him get forward. And uh, I think he'll be in there boxing if he can get forward early. Okay, desperate hero for Kevin, glorious angel for Brendan and the Riddler, the ragged affair, like I said, for Daryl Carter. Okay, that's the three races that we had to talk about in Doncaster done and dusted. And we'll kick on to Newbury. Before I talk about Newbury, though, just let everyone know the offer this weekend, that it has, as it has been every weekend during October, a completely free bet on the sports book on racing multiples. And if you bet five in horse racing multiples, you get a free bet on horse racing multiples. Watch out for that, along with a whole host of additional place races. Kevin, a really good judge told me before we came on air that there's no way in the world Newbury will be on, but we're going to talk about the two races anyway. And we're going to kick off with the first of those two races we're going to talk about is the Horace Hill. It's the two-year-old race over seven furlongs at 12.55. And Blue Lemons is your favourite at 11 to four at the moment. It's seven to two witness stand. Son of Man is nine to two. It's seven bar. Have you a strong opinion here, Mr. Blake? Um, not a strong opinion, but I do have an opinion. I like to say, I think this is likely to be called off, but um, so you'll want one if it does happen to, 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 to if they do happen to race, you'll want one that'll um, be able to plough and um Finbar Fury, what a name that is. Um, one of the great Irish musicians, uh, still going strong, God bless him. Um, and he was well, you know, he's he's run to run improvement. He won at Salisbury on soft ground last time. Um, that was for Clive Cox, owned by the McCartans, um, best known as the as the breeders of uh, Dark Angel and Bata uh, sorry, of, of Batash. And um and um, Nando Prado raced in those colours. But anyway, I digress. Um, changed hands since. Um, has joined Jane Chapelheim. She wouldn't have had him very long at all, I'd imagine. But um, shouldn't make a difference either way. Um, he'll enjoy the ground. He's coming forward. Um, I don't think this is a vintage renewal. And um, if he can come forward seven or eight pounds, that'll put him in the mix. And he came forward a stone from a second horse, from second run to third. So hopefully he can make a similar jump. Okay, an interesting one there at nine to two. Brendan Finbar Fury is not a name you'd usually associate with Abdullah Alice Al Sif and uh, naming his horses. It must have been a breezer, I would imagine. I don't think. Uh, oh, yeah, the, the McCartan's owned, owned them originally, so they would have named them. 
Yeah, I didn't think his current owner would have named him for sure. Uh, what do you like in a oh, You never know. You never know. Never rule it out. Okay. Yes, yes. Uh, music is an international <laughs> language, isn't it, in fairness? Um, uh, but uh, my appalling memory, David Simcock has a horse in here at 7 to 1. Good something. What's his surname? Change for good. Say again? Change for good. Change for good, thanks. Uh, yeah, I think I would have remembered that, given that. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not really putting him up. I just think he's an interesting horse to watch. He ran travelled particularly well in the Somerville Stakes last time out. That was a hot, looked a hot renewal uh, until he got to the dip and got completely lost in the dip. He was only beaten five lengths. He's a better horse than that performance implies. I've no idea whether he'll handle the heavy ground and I won't be backing him, but just keep an eye on him. I think he's a talented horse. Okay, interesting. Change for good, a notable mention from Brendan. Daryl, finally, your last word on from I've you got, on this I've got no strong opinion in the race, bad, to be honest. Uh, so I'll, I won't waste your time. I'll keep your mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, and it's a dead eight to each way punters there as well. And Daryl obviously did tell me that he had no opinion here, but I just thought I'd go to him anyway, just to really mess him around. <laughs> the last race we're going to talk about, Daryl, I'm going to stick with you. It's the mile and a half St. Simon Stakes at 1.30, and Hamish is your favourite here. He gets his ground, he's seven-year-old. He's a bit of an old warrior now at this stage. He's looking for a four-timer this year. He's six to four favourite ahead of Alquim, a seven to two. White Birch in there, a five to one, and it's 15 to two bar. Just the seven runners here as well, Daryl. Yeah, I, look, it's not ideal to take Hamish on under these conditions, really, typically, but I do like the three-year-old White Birch who comes out quite well at the weights here uh, in receipt of that uh, weight for age allowance, six pounds. This horse has uh, been knocking at the door all season in decent races, just not really had the pace to challenge. I wonder if getting back on deeper ground will help him out. Um, he's, he's obviously been mixing it with the likes of August Road and Adelaide River, uh, obviously round a blinder in the uh, in the Dante. And uh, I just think there's a little bit more to come from him. I think he finished with running left at Leopardstown last time in the uh, Paddy Power. But that track just didn't suit his come from off the pace style. This, he'll have no excuses here. And uh, I think um, I think he'll be finishing quite strong and ploughing through this ground. So I, I like his I like his chances here. OK, John Joseph Murphy's white birch for Daryl Brendan. Have you any strong opinion here? Yes, I do. well, if it's on, I, I, I'd be having a wager on Pipe Birch. I think 11 to 2 uh, look, looks a big price. Obviously, things didn't go right in the Irish Derby, but other than that, he's hardly put a foot wrong all season. They'll have been delighted with that comeback. I mean, Adelaide River's a group one and a half horse, so conceding three pounds to him was no joke. Al Azzi's talented on his day, albeit he disgraced himself the last day, but I, I, I Lafayette. Uh, a, a good stick as well. So I think that's that's proper form. He'll have no problem. With, with with the heavy ground. And uh, I just thought he, he he looked too big a price here at 11 to 2 for all that I respect Hamish. I know White Birch has a £3 penalty, but so do his main market rivals. And yeah, he, he'd be my bet in the race. Okay, the three-year-old White Birch to get up the treble treble. Kevin, are you a White Birch fan for your... He, he's another Tipperary man, isn't he? A uh, Cork man down down, Cork. down in Cork. Yeah, yeah, John Murphy. You might be thinking of Joe Murphy down, down in Feathers. Yeah, um, yeah, John Murphy and, and and his son George are down and down in deepest darkest court. There, well, not deepest darkest darkest court, but uh, down down far enough. I wouldn't like to be driving up and down the road every day. I'll put it to you that way. But um, yeah, look, I think this is a keep a simple one now. Um, Hamish is is a Group One horse, really. Um, when he gets his ground, he gave Old Kiprios a bit of a fair old go of it in the Irish and Ledger last year. He picked up Jack Darcy, headbutted him and threw him in the gutter um, last time at Goodwood. Um, Jack Darcy um, has come out and won a group two since. And he actually sold yesterday at Tats, uh, 280 grand. But um, Hamish, they've been waiting for the ground. They'll be praying 
um, that this goes ahead. It'd be a fair sickener if it doesn't for their sake, but if it does, he'll be winning, I reckon. Okay, so Hamish for Kevin. Lads, that's everything. Um, like I said, it looks odds against that Newbury's going to go ahead, but Cheltenham should race on decent enough ground, and obviously up in Doncaster, it's going to be soft. You think it's a watching brief in Doncaster, Kev, in terms of it's sure to be on, is it? Or Oh, no, I, th- I think it'll be on by the sounds of it. Yeah, they, they seem... They seem encouraged at the prospects so hopefully they're right okay well then all that's left for me to do is to take the naps off each year daryl i'll start with you yeah 245 doncaster ballymount boy i think it's like a world of whacking ballymount boy in the two-year-old race in doncaster brendan what are you thinking well given that newbury is odds on to to be off i will go dubrovnik harry in the three o'clock ash Chatham. okay dubrovnik for um for Brendan Duke. And have, you, have you ever been to Dubrovnik, Brendan? Jeez, I'd say you'd love Dubrovnik. Really? I, I couldn't even tell you what country it is. I know it's Eastern Ah, jeez. Oh, put, li- put that in your list now, Croatia. Okay. That's one of the best places oh, I've Croatia. ever been now. Oh, if ever a place was made for a Panama hat and a cigar now, Dubrovnik yeah. would be it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a vape. Panama hat and a vape. <laughs> Um, Barry, I'm going to go for that Camaco Futurity Trophy. I'm going for my old pal, my old flower, my old friend. Um, Dancing Gemini, who I'm hoping is going to run a very big race. Dancing Gemini in the Futurity, the Group 1 Futurity Stakes for Kevin up in Doncaster. Okay, gentlemen, thank you very much for that. You've been great company for the last, what, 49 minutes or so. There's a couple of edits to be made, that's for sure. Um, James is going to be busy doing that. Thank you very much for your time to all three. To remind everyone, completely free bet on horse racing multiples this weekend on the Sportsbook. And bet five on horse race multiples, get a free bet, along with a whole host of additional place races and don't forget obviously all the good value all the good stuff is on the exchange uh finesse will be back with the team and weighed in on monday until then gamble responsibly have a great weekend everyone and chat on monday